Live Creative Now, episode 126. Welcome to Live Creative Now with Melissa Dinwiddie, a weekly podcast to inspire you to create your art and share your work, because that's how you will change the world. Hello, I am Melissa Dinwiddie, passion pluralite artist, happiness catalyst, and creativity instigator, and author of The Creative Sandbox Way, which you can find at an Amazon near you, here to address all your questions about living a full-color creative life. Whether you think of yourself as not artistic, not creative, which is a lie, or you think of yourself as an artist of any kind, or anything in between, no matter how you define yourself, feeding your creative hungers makes you feel more alive. It's how you change your life, and it's how you change the world, because that's how it works. Change your life, and the world changes. And I don't know if you can hear, but there's thunder happening outside my studio. And even though I've got double-paned windows, I've got a very sensitive microphone, so... You might be able to hear it. Thunder and rain in September. (laughs) Very strange weather we're having. Anyway, very strange weather and very strange internal weather I'm having because I woke up at 5 a.m. three days in a row this week, which would have been so great if I'd gone to sleep at 9.30 the night before. But I didn't. I was obsessing on my iPad until midnight. And I don't know about you, but five hours or even six hours of sleep is not enough for me. And I have been staying up late, even though I know, I know it's going to bite me in the butt the next day. And then... I have been popping awake really early, and my spinny, thinky brain won't stop spitting and thinking, and I can't get back to sleep. I am in an insomnia fugue, and I go through these every so often. I tend toward insomnia. It's inherited from my dad, but... Thankfully, I am getting these insomnia fugues a lot less often nowadays since I'm on this prescription migraine medication called Topamax. Now, unfortunately, it hasn't eliminated my migraines. I was so hoping that it would. It has not. But it has made me into somewhat less of a walking time bomb, which is very good. And it has also had some very lovely side effects. One of which is that (laughs) it has melted away those very recalcitrant 10 pounds that I was trying rather unsuccessfully to just learn to accept and embrace. Because if you've listened to me for any length of time, or if you've read my blog, you know that I have a history of eating disorders back in my, well, back in my history. And I've 
it doesn't work for me to, you know, diet or try and, you know, beat myself up or uh, I already have a very, very healthy diet and I get a fair amount of movement and exercise in my day. So trying to, um, you know, trying to lose weight was not useful. And so I was trying to just accept and embrace (laughs) that I was 10 pounds heavier than I was used to. And uh, that's challenging. So that was kind of a lovely side effect that the Dope Max just melted those 10 pounds away. The other side effect is that it minimized my inherited tendency towards insomnia. And that's awesome. Has this other side effect, (laughs) which is a little weird that makes me poop more frequently, (laughs) which is a bit of an inconvenience, but hey, that's well worth the trouble considering the trade-offs. However, clearly this past week, Topamax's power against insomnia, uh, well, it's apparently limited. Apparently like Superman, Topamax has its kryptonite and we seem to have found it. So the question is, what is making me pop awake at five in the morning, especially after staying up so late when you would think that I'd be so sleepy that I would just keep sleeping until like, I don't know, seven or eight. So what's keeping me up obsessing until midnight? And I have to interject here that in the scheme of things, my staying up till midnight is a vast improvement because just a few years back, my normal set point was 2 a am like every night i used to go to bed at 2 a.m and it was killing me killing me so having midnight as my oh geez you stayed up way past your bedtime mark that is really kind of amazing and i want to take a moment to acknowledge that kudos to me woohoo celebration yay high five high five melissa okay anyway back to why what is going on on. Why am I obsessing until midnight? Well, I am in this very interesting, interesting transition in my life. My definition of who I am in the world is changing. And I would say that I'm reinventing myself, but that's not entirely accurate because I'm not starting over from whole cloth. Really, I'm evolving. I am, however, starting a brand new business. I'm starting a creative consultancy to bring all the work that I've been doing with creativity and play for the past seven years, to bring all that work into the corporate and organizational sphere to work with teams. And I am so excited about this. And it's still very embryonic. I am still figuring out what this new animal, this new business model, what it looks like, what kinds of clients I want to serve, and how I can best help them. And right now, It is a swirling stew of uncertainty and new learning, hence the insomnia, because the learner in me wants to stay up all night, gobbling up and soaking up and sponging up 
every piece of everything that is in any way related to this new direction. And there's a lot. The learner in me never wants to sleep. I want to just go, 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 absorb, 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 learn, learn, learn. Plus, I'm really anxious about how to make all the pieces and parts fit together, which may be contributing to my popping awake early in the morning and my spinny thinky brain spinning and thinking and making it impossible for me to go back to sleep. And here is what I know so far. This is the easy and fun part. My toolkit, I've realized that I have this really awesome toolkit. And if only I could build a business selling my toolkit. But the problem is, of course, nobody buys tools. They buy results. They buy what's in it for them. They buy transformation. And tools are merely how you accomplish those results and that transformation. Tools are the methodology. People don't buy methodologies. They buy what the methodologies get them. But of course, we practitioners, we love our tools. And these are some of my tools. So one is applied improv. Improv, as in the techniques and philosophy drawn from the world of theater and performance, which get people engaging with each other. So improv activities are so great for all kinds of applications, including leadership development and team development and effective communication and innovation and the ability to think on your feet and so much more. Hey, this is one of my tools and it's an awesome tool. But again, people don't buy tools. (laughs) They buy what the tools do for them. Another one of my tools is Lego Serious Play. And yes, you heard that right. Lego, as in the little plastic bricks you probably played with as a kid that snapped together to build things. And I am getting certified next month in a methodology called Lego Serious Play that uses those same little plastic bricks. I was introduced to this amazing methodology at the Creative Problem Solving Institute, which is a conference I went to in Buffalo, New York, back in June. And I was instantly hooked. It is amazing. I fell in love. And next week, I am bringing the master trainer that I studied with at the Creative Problem Solving Institute and who I am studying with next month for my certification. Her name is Jackie Lloyd-Smith. I'm bringing her onto the podcast. So stay tuned. And if you're curious about what this Lego series play thing is all about, you will hear all about it in depth. Lego series play gets the contents of your mind out onto the table, unlike anything I have ever seen. It is incredible. So that is another tool in my toolkit. Another tool in my toolkit, art. Doodling. It is so funny. I am an artist. I have a daily doodle practice. I sometimes doodle very primitive sketch notes in my journal. And only recently, 
did it occur to me that, duh, this is something that I can actually bring to my corporate work, my work with organizations. I mean, hello, there are people who get paid to essentially doodle for companies as their full-time job. They're called graphic recorders, and they stand in front of a huge sheet of paper or a huge whiteboard with a bunch of markers, and they capture the contents of a meeting or a keynote in doodles and writing. And now, I don't actually want to be a graphic recorder. I don't want to stand in front of a group of people with my back to the people just capturing with my back to the people. But I could see incorporating graphics and doodles and maybe training teams in visual thinking and visual communication, essentially, and how to use their existing skills to communicate more effectively through guess what? Doodling. (gasps) Amazing, right? That's one of my tools. Ta-da! So moving on, another one of my tools, or actually a set of tools that are actually different but related, performing, speaking, facilitating, training, different but related. They all involve being in front of people and holding space. It's my jam, you guys. Totally my jam. All of these things are tools, pieces, and parts of who I am, my past, my passion, and strengths. All of these are my in my toolkit. So what I see myself helping, how do I bring these tools together and help people, help organizations, help teams, help corporations? This is the $64,000 question. I did a little mind map with some doodles. Uh, I took a snapped a picture of it, did it in my journal, snapped a picture and posted it in the show notes. So you can take a look at that at livecreativenow.com slash 126, because this is episode 126. You can take a look at that there. Uh, shows some of my thoughts of how I might help people. Some ideas are ideation sessions. What specifically might I help people <laughs> ideate around? I don't really know yet, <laughs> but I can help you. One thing that I know I'm, I could be really good at is helping you tap your team's untapped genius. I know I could be really good at that. Um, I am interviewing soon a friend of mine that I met at the SIPSI conference, the Creative Problem Solving Institute conference, who does these amazing workshops using art to clarify individual values and ultimately help align those with the corporate corporate values. And I thought, wow, what a fabulous idea. And I could run workshops, similar kinds of workshops in my own style using art and improv and Lego serious play to do something very similar. And in the mind map, I call them align with purpose workshops, companies that have a strong uh, alignment with purpose 
do so much better than companies that do that do not have that. So that's something that I feel like I could help with. Also, training in visual thinking and visual communication, basically teaching people how to use the skills of doodling, of very simple um, doodling drawing skills. You do not have to learn how to draw like photographic, realistic drawing, but combining basic shapes together in order to communicate and to think more effectively. If you can write, you can doodle. And if you can doodle, you can be a more effective thinker and communicator. So I could see myself training people in visual thinking and communication. And also bringing my art to help as a tool in any of these kinds of trainings and workshops that I might run. And also inter-team communication, helping <laughs> helping teams that um, might have a rough time handing information off from team to team, where there might be resentment among teams, helping them develop empathy and respect, where collaboration is the goal. Interteam collaboration, interteam respect, interteam communication. I could see creating amazing, awesome workshops around that. So there's a few ideas. I have been working with my coach to drill down and try to figure out my niche. Oh, by the way, in the middle of that mind map, I have the center, it says company creatification, <laughs> how we transform and provide solutions, company creatification. That's sort of the central, um, central theme there. Anyway, Ultimately, I think figuring out my niche, I think it's going to emerge only as I start to do the work. One of my sayings is, you can't think your way to creativity. You've got to do something. You have to get your hands dirty, right? And I have a feeling that the same is going to apply here. However, that said, Doing something includes writing and drawing. And guess what? Today is the first day I'm recording. I'm actually recording this on Monday, but today, when this gets published on Wednesday, the 13th, today is the first day of my 2017 Create and Incubate Retreat. It's the fifth annual create and incubate retreat. And what I decided I wanted to do at this year's retreat was visioning for my business, using the retreat as a way to use art to vision for my new business. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> because as a retreat approached, I just couldn't get myself excited about spending five days just painting or doing mixed media and removing myself from my business, which I was obsessing around. <laughs> but I've had really bad experiences in the past of going to retreats, going to art retreats, and then working on work stuff. In fact, my very first art retreat with the Friends of Calligraphy, way back in 2002, 15 years ago, I was trying to build up another business, my Ketuba print business. 
My spousal support from my divorce had just run out and that earlier that year, and I had agreed to make prints of two designs in time for different client weddings. And I had planned to go to the retreat, my very, very first art retreat, and it was going to be a vacation for me to make art for me to get away from all the, all the client work. But the deadlines for these ketubah prints were looming. And so instead, I ended up having to spend the entire five days of the retreat working on those damn client deadlines. And I was so stressed. It was such a miserable experience. And I started off talking about migraines in this episode. That five-day retreat, I had constant migraines. And while everyone else at the retreat was all blissed out and relaxed, I was working like a dog on these stupid work deadlines for clients. It was awful. And I vowed never to do work, work, work at a retreat again. Well, years later, I actually adjusted that vow to never do client work, to never do any work that isn't totally compelling to me. Because later I actually did do some new Ketuba designs for my business, but they were designs that I was really compelled by. I wanted to do them for me. So I did end up doing creating art for my business a couple of years in a row, but because I wanted to do that art, not because it was directed by a client, not because I had a contract, not because it was a deadline, but because I was internally compelled to do it. So last year at the fourth annual Create and Incubate Retreat in 2016, I spent a lot of time doing something that felt like it was for me. I made these little calligraphy videos for Instagram. I had created a a second Instagram account that was pure calligraphy as an experiment to see if I could build up a following for my calligraphy. And it was really fun, but it wasn't really for me. It was more for external reasons. And at the end of the retreat, I really felt like my energy had been split the whole five days. Like I was half on social media and only half at the retreat. I hadn't really retreated and I didn't like that. So this year, for the past several weeks, I've really been trying to tap into what what do I want to spend my precious time on? I only have five days. What do I want to spend my precious time on at the retreat? And the one good thing about insomnia fugues is that they often give me a lot of information. They can tell me what is really compelling to me right now. If I'm obsessing about something that's feeding into an insomnia fugue, then that can be useful information. And what is compelling to me right now is this new business that I'm bringing to life, which by the way, is called Creative Sandbox Solutions. Creative Sandbox Solutions. And immersing myself for five days using my writing and my art 
to vision around creative sandbox solutions. What is my vision? What is the mission? All of everything around creative sandbox solutions and what this animal is, that feels really juicy. So that is the plan for my five days at Create and Incubate Retreat. And I could not be more excited. So I will keep you posted. And that brings me to this week's something cool, which is totally related because it is a lot of what I talked about or some of what I talked about in today's episode was very much inspired by the doodle girl, Diane Bleck. And this week's something cool is Diane Bleck's 21 Doodle Days. 21 Doodle Days is a free e-course and it's also a challenge that's happening right now that you can find at 21doodledays.com and you can find the link in the show notes. It's 21doodledays.com and right now Diane is doing 21 consecutive days of live periscopes and I I included a link directly to her periscope feed or whatever. She's doing 21 consecutive days of live periscopes that happen every day at 7.30 a.m. Pacific, 9.30 a.m. Central. And today, Wednesday, September 13th, is day 13 of the 21 Doodle Days. And it is not too late. The lessons are each super easy, and you can jump in any day. She's made them so, so easy. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. So easy and super fun. And I am so excited. I just interviewed Diane last Friday. And that interview is going live on the podcast next month. So stay tuned. Diane is amazing. She's on a mission to unlock insights, inspiration and ideas for companies large and small across the globe. She is an innovation strategist who leads and facilitates workshops with leaders across business functions to create award-winning content that inspires teams to take their business to the next level. And in her spare time, amazing that this woman has any spare time, she has created the Doodle Institute, where she is the mentor and coach for almost 4,000 students all around the world, teaching them how to doodle your dreams. And she has been a huge inspiration to me. So check out Diane's 21 Doodle Days at 21doodledays.com. That is this week's Something Cool. That's it. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you are getting value out of this podcast, share it with a friend and don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review and email it to me if you'd like to be considered for the listener spotlight. That's how you apply to be featured on the podcast yourself is leave a rating and review over on iTunes and then email me. Let me know how the podcast has made a difference in your own life. Here is what Noah wrote. Such an incredible happiness boost. Five stars. 
tuned in to hear Melissa's inspiring anecdotes and real world advice, and so happy I did. Just the right amount of enthusiastic fun and profound life advice. She is a natural hostess filled with the sincerity that so many podcast hosts fall short on. Melissa, thank you for being so devoted to creating these audio gems to guide us through our days. Wow, thank you so much, Noah. That really means a lot to me. These reviews, not only do they mean a lot to me, but the reviews are how other people find the show. And the more reviews a podcast gets, the more likely it is to pop up when somebody is searching for a new podcast to listen to. So go ahead and leave a review. And it is how you can help change the world. So that's it. Until next time, thanks again for joining me. And go get creating. Subscribe at livecreativenow.com.